It's time for Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Have you ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Every week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. Guests will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Every show is a dose of inspiration. This is Success Profiles Radio on the Rockstar Radio Network. And now, here's your host, Brian K. Wright. Hello and welcome to Success Profiles Radio. I'm your host, Brian K. Wright, and it is an absolute pleasure to be with you here today. I'm honored that you chose to spend part of your day with me here, and this is going to be an amazing show. I'll be introducing my guest shortly, and I promise this will be a fun and informative hour. It will be great. I do want to take a minute or two to share some things I've been thinking about and learning lately, and I will do this every single week. I'm very excited about today's show because of the topic. So as I was reading and preparing for the show, I reflected on the subject of appreciation. For those who know me pretty well, I make a habit of telling people that I appreciate them and care about them on a very regular basis. I do this for a couple of reasons. Number one, because people love to be acknowledged. And second, if for some reason it's the last time I see them or talk to them, I want that to be the last thing they hear from me, is that I love or appreciate them in some way. And for anyone who thinks that this is just a little too touchy-feely for them, that's fine. This is who I am, and it works for me. As Dr. Seuss famously said, those who matter don't mind, and those who mind really don't matter. With all that in mind, I do want to introduce my guest this week. His name is David Long. Let me tell you a little bit about him. He's the founder and CEO of a company called My Employees, a 25-year-old firm in the top 1% worldwide in the employee engagement and recognition industry. His firm specializes in helping managers build stronger, more engaging relationships with their team members while linking the rewards and recognition program to the desired goals of the company. David believes and lives to his very core what Zig Ziglar said was required to become truly successful in life. He said you can have anything you want in life if you will first help other people get what they want. And boy, we talk about that a lot on this show, so I'm so glad. As a result, David has touched untold lives through the years, including employees, clients, friends, and family, and he'll show you exactly how he did it in this book. David's book is called Built to Lead, Seven Management Rewards Principles for Building a Top 10% Manager. We will discuss all of this and so much more in today's show. And with all that in mind, here is my very special guest, David Long. David, how are you? Excellent. Glad to be with you. Nice to have you here, too. I'm, I'm so happy and grateful that you're here today. Welcome to the show, and here's the first question that I ask everyone who comes on my show. Tell us about your background, your backstory, how you got started, what obstacles you overcame, and what brought you to your current place. Well, I guess the first part of my life, I spent uh, about 13 years in retail, retail management with different companies, and uh, that was one of the companies that I actually ended up being a top 10% manager was in retail. That was the first one I became a top 10% manager. Matter of fact, I was chosen one of seven out of 1,200 managers on the East Coast uh, for district manager interviews. So that was pretty significant. Anyway, but th 13 years in retail and AT&T and other companies as far as that one before I started my own. Uh, I, I started my company more so out of desperation than inspiration, I tell people. I lost my job. I, I basically have always been a person who didn't like what I call a stupid rule, 
and later they end up changing it, but they ended up canning me for it. And in the book, Brian, you read my book, so you you, you remember me talking about the the uh, key scenario where the district manager or somebody comes and asks you for your keys. Well, I had that happen to me. At the time, it was a terrible thing. Uh, matter of fact, I, I'll be honest with you, I, I, I cried. I'm going like, are you kidding me? I'm a company man. I work 60-plus hours a week, and you're you're – taking my keys you know so they, they made me they said we're going to make an example out of you and they did so because i was such a high level manager they did done it to a lower level manager nobody paid attention but they did it to me and they ended up doing about seven other guys for the same thing it was really kind of a dumb rule they changed it later but that's their loss uh it was my gain at the time it wasn't because i was devastated by it so uh in 1988 after going through really seven jobs in three and a half years I was two and a half years into those seven jobs, if you will, and mm-hmm. my father called me. My father passed away last year, but he was a retired uh, Baptist minister down in Carolina Beach, North Carolina. And he called me in 1988, and he said, son, I know you've been struggling for a few years now to get back up to where you were before, and uh, your mother and I would like to offer you the opportunity to move back home with us. And I remember I was very sarcastic when I said it, Brian. I said it just like this. I went, yeah. Right, Dad. You know, so he said, "Oh well, son, I just want you to know we we willing to offer you that opportunity." And I said, "All right, Dad, I appreciate it." So, a year, roughly a year, went by. I mean, it was almost to the day, and my father called me in April of 1989, and he said, "Son," he asked me this question, Brian. He said, "Son, are you any better off than you were last year?" And I said, "No, Dad, I'm worse." Oh. He said, well, the offer, the offer still stands. So I told my wife, and, you know, she wasn't too thrilled about it. Neither was I, but, you know, it was just, it was in my, in my I'm, I'm a Christian, so I believe in divine providence. So that really is what it was. I would not have gone home if I'd had a second option. So we moved home with mom and dad, and uh, I had uh, previously done some engraving. Of course, that's what I did when I was in high school. That's how I got started in retail. I engraved uh, jewelry in, in high school and college. And later on, uh, during that time period where I had those seven jobs in three and a half years, my good buddy uh, Frank Daniels up in Charlotte, his mother, who knew me when I was doing really well, and we always she always told me that she admired me and thought I did a great job. And anyway, she said, Dave, why don't you uh, – there's a jewelry store going out of business downtown Charlotte. Why don't you go down and look at the equipment and uh, come back and tell me. And if it's good, then I'll buy it, and we'll be in partners together. And I said, all right. So I went, and we ended up spending, I think, about between like 2700 or something like that. And we ended up having to spend a little bit more uh, totally. And anyway, so I bought the, bought, she bought the equipment, and I tried everything I tried, uh, Brian. It just, it just blew up in my face. And, I mean, it was, it was, it was depressing, to be honest about it. And uh, it wasn't for lack of trying. I tried several different things, but I just didn't have any luck. The only engraving jobs that we really got was engraving what they call – little personal identification tags. They called them pal tags that you, Runner's World magazine was selling for runners to have in their shoelaces because when runners would run, they don't have any ID on them. They got hit by a car, so basically that's, you know, they were in trouble. So, but there wasn't any money in that. There was a dollar twenty-five and a dollar seventy-five, depending on which one that they engraved. The one with the medical prescription was $1.75. So, uh, and when I had to split that, so, I mean, it was – I was just making work. I wasn't getting anywhere. So I told Barbara, I said, I appreciate it. I know that you did that to help me, but if it's okay with you, when I get my taxes back, can I just give you your money back and a little extra for your trouble? And she said, yeah, it'll be fine. So I did that, and uh, during that time period, right before 
I moved home. One of my friends who was a manager at Circuit City said, Dave, I know you can sell, so will you come and work with us during Christmas time at Circuit City? So I did, and I was there, and I happened to look up on the wall, and they had plaques, Employee of the Month plaques, and they were about to run out. So I said, uh, what do you pay for these? And he told me, I said, wow. I said, would it be okay if I make you some samples? And he said, sure. So I did, and I brought them in, and they liked mine a lot better. And I, he said, how much are you going to charge me for these? I said, I'm going to save you about 30%. So he said, let's do it. So I sold him, and I went across town and sold the other two circuit cities. And that's how I really, if you want to get technical, started the company. But I had to move back home at that right after that because I didn't have the money. And uh, that's when I was back home, and I started my company in my mom and dad's garage. And I'll tell you real fast on that is because I was interviewing with a company for five and a half weeks. Pardon me, two and a half. Uh, no, it was five weeks. Two and a half. It was five interviews, pardon me, over two months. So they dragged me out and dragged me out. And it was different people I had to speak with. Well, they were going to pay me 24000 Keep in mind, this was 25 years ago. They were going right. to pay me 24000 and I was going to be able to stay in Wilmington. And then during the course of the time, so many people applied for the job, Brian, that they, they ended up dropping the starting pay to 17000 and said oh. I had to move to Colonial Heights, Virginia or Birmingham, Alabama. And I said, uh, no way am I doing that. And I was on my way home from Wilmington, which is like a half hour from Carolina Beach. And I had on a polo shirt and shorts and boat shoes. And I remember I'm on the way home, and I see this ERA Strand real estate office on the left side of the road. And for whatever reason, I felt like I should go in there. So I did. I got And I, I had my plaques in the back of the car. Now, that was just weird that I didn't normally carry them with me, but somehow they got put back in my trunk. And I, I got them out of the trunk. I saw them in there, so I took them in, and I went up, and I, I talked to the secretary. Her name was Ruby. I'll never forget. I said, Ruby, I said, I'd like to speak to the person in charge of buying your agent recognition. She said, well, that's Chuck Spooner, but he's in a meeting right now. Can you sit down and wait? I said, sure. So I'm sitting there, and I realized I don't even know what I'm going to charge for this. I was just trying to beat Circuit City's price. <laughs> so so I'm sitting there, and I said, can I borrow your calculator? She said, sure. So she handed it to me. And my old retail days, I thought, well, I will you know, try to get a good price point. So I said, one ninety nine ninety five. divide that by 12, that's sixteen sixty five for an annual on 12 little non-walnut 5 by 7 So today. We have much nicer plaques today. And uh, so I, I, I got in to see Chuck, and I was talking to him, and I showed him, and he said, man, I really like these plaques. And he said – uh, I told him what it was, and he said, well, I got a bit of a problem with that. And I'm thinking to myself, well, oh, great. I got you need more rejection in my life right now. So anyway, he says, we recognize two agents a month here instead of one. I said, well, that's not a problem. And he said, what kind of price will you give me for two programs? And I thought, well, $16.65, I'll do two for 30 And he said, 25 sounds awfully nice. And I said, 27.50 sold. And he laughed. He said, well, split the difference. Let's do it. So I said, Chuck, I said, I'm really just getting started. I said, you can call the three circuit city stores in Charlotte and ask them how I'm taking care of them, and they'll vouch for me. And I'm four hours away from them, and you're right here in town. So I said, would it be okay if I get half the money up front so that I can buy the plaques, and then when I deliver them to you, then you can pay me the balance? And he said, that's all right. He said, you got a nice honest face. He said, tell me what the total is. So we sat there and figured it out, and it was $346.50. And he wrote me a check out. For the total amount, $346.50. So I remember, Brian, I walked out, got down to my car, and I, I, as I was getting in the car, I said, thank you, God, and what a country, because it really is a wonderful country for sure. Yeah. And uh, I went home, and I told my wife and my, my father and mother, and, and all they could say was, he gave you the money up front? I said, yeah. 
<laughs> it's amazing what you get when you ask for it. But uh, right. anyway, anyway, so I put on a, a suit and went up literally two blocks from that real estate office was David David Swire Century 21, which is still a client 25 years later. And I walked out with another check for $346, and I never looked back. I just said, thank you, God, and what a country. I never looked back after that. That's great. And we are coming up against our very first break. My very okay. special guest this week is David Long, and we are going to talk about his book, Built to Lead, and we're going to talk about why managers don't succeed. And we're going to talk about employee engagement and building winning teams in your office and in your company. Be right back. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. Once again, that's 
519-605-1519. And I'm so glad that you all are here listening to the show today. If you do want to connect with me, you have a Facebook fan page. Just look up Success Profiles Radio. You can find me on Twitter at Mr. Brian K. Wright. You can also download and subscribe to Success Profiles Radio on iTunes for free and leave a comment. I would, I would love to hear your feedback or review of the show. That would help me out tremendously, especially as it pertains to ranking the show on iTunes, which is almost always in the top 120 on the What's Hot list on iTunes in careers and self-help, and I'm so grateful for your support. So, David, let's talk, first of all, about your book and why you wrote it. There must be a story. There must have been a greater mission associated with it, correct? Indeed, yes. Uh, I think the probably the easiest way to describe why I wrote the book is a, a survey that uh, was done by World at Work, and I mentioned this in the book. And World at Work did several. They do it like every few years, but they they survey employees and managers and various things. But what they found is for every 100 employees, and this is across all industries, by the way, which is ironic, and it's a pretty pretty unique statistic. But roughly for every 100 employees, only six or seven people ever become promoted to the first level manager within their company. And those of those six or seven people, less than one, Brian, ever gets promoted again. So there is a massive failure rate. And I saw that as a challenge. Now, I've, I've read probably several hundred conservatively uh, management books. And I looked at it as like, okay, well, this is all about me being the manager, and this is about how to get people to do what you want them to do and various things like that. But I didn't see in the books that I really wanted to see is the relationship between the manager and the employees. I think if that would have been a, a good situation in our country here in America, we would not have so many jobs going overseas. We would not have such a division between management and labor where they are fighting in an adversarial roles against each other. And it is not for the common good that we are all working together. It's let me get mine, and I don't care about yours. So that is a problem, and that's the main reason I wrote the book is because there were so many managers that failed. And we would see a lot of uh, management turnover, especially in some industries like restaurants and retail, that type of thing. They had the highest turnover rates. So I wanted to do what I could do to help them, not just in the, the way we help them in their businesses with employee recognition and engagement. What we do primarily is, is we will test the manager with a what we call a pulse, which is 10 questions, and we find out how the manager thinks they're doing, and then we give a 35-question questionnaire to the employees, and the employees basically say how they feel the manager's doing. And let me say, Brian, they aren't even close. You know, it's typically, if the manager gives themselves a seven, the employees might give them a four or a five. That's typical, and that's just—it's just universal. It's not, you know, not one industry. It's basically everything. So that's are what they, we're, we're are they rating to, management in general, or are they ranking specific managers? Uh, basically, specific managers. Oh, okay. Uh huh. Yep. That's great. So you, you, your mission, of course, is to help managers become more successful and influential, uh -huh. but you mentioned a little bit ago that a lot of managers fail. Why is that? I think the number one thing is they don't really bond with their people. I think that is the biggest factor. They, once again, have that mindset of, well, I need to tell them what to do, and they need to respect me, which is true, but they also need to uh, – I don't want to say honor their manager, but they need to have a relationship where the manager is loyal to the people first. You know, you, Zig Ziglar, as you know, you talk about to get what you want in life, you must first help others get what they want. 
And I like to put something on at the end of that, and then you'll get what you want by default. You know, my focus is on making my employees happy. Another thing that Zig Ziglar says is that you build your employees as a manager. You build your employees, and then your employees build the company, mm-hmm. and that's huge, and that's yeah. that's leverage. You know, some people would call that uh, manipulation, but that's not it. You know, it's uh, it's motivation. It's all in how you do it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I've worked in companies where I just felt like the managers didn't really care about their people, and I've worked at yeah. other companies and where, where I knew the manager cared very, very much about how I was doing my job, whether I was happy in the company, how things outside right. of work were going. Of course, you have to kind of be careful about how how far down that road you travel, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I just I just feel like the very best people that I worked with and under uh, were people that I knew really cared about their team. So why do people not why do people not take the time to do that? It just seems so elementary, doesn't it? Yes, it is. And there's one reason that's in the back of a lot of managers' minds is if I tell Brian how great he's doing, he's going to ask me for a raise. Oh. And uh, that's part of it, quite frankly. Uh, so that you don't – some people don't want to brag on people too much because they feel like, well, now that I've bragged on them, they're going to come ask me for money, and the company doesn't let me pay them so much, and it's going to set up a situation where I can't deliver on what they want. They're going to resent me. They, they play it out in their mind as being this big, huge monster that it rarely becomes. Yeah. Wouldn't you think, though, that if a manager was constantly bragging about his or her team members, that makes – that manager look a whole lot better because I'm developing these people. Oh yes, absolutely. Because that's how if you if you uh, talk to the upper management in any corporation and you ask them who do you go and pick? Let's say it's a retail company. How do you choose your district managers? And they will the number one criteria, Brian, that they they look for is is this person duplicating themselves? Are they replicating? Are they creating other mini-me's of themselves who go out and run successful stores or businesses or whatever they happen to be in? And that is what they want because if you've proven you can develop people, then you have the right to be a district manager. But so few do it effectively. So few actually build a team. You know, Another thing in my book I talk about is a shark's teeth develop management leadership development program. And you know how shark's teeth are. If, if one gets knocked out of the front, they have rows back behind them, and another one pops in place. Right. And that's what you have to do. If you are always developing your people, you've got somebody ready to go behind the others. And that is how – let's say – and you're not going to have enough management positions. It's the same as in any company. For all the people that you – if you're growing people and developing them, they will, they will go out in other stores and other businesses, and you, they will be like kids of yours. They will be your offspring, if you will. They'll be your corporate family tree. And that's how you build a reputation within the company, and that's how you become strong as a strong leader as seen as someone who is a cutting-edge manager, who is someone who is building their people. Yeah, and I think about football, for example. You think about how certain coaches worked on the staff of other people, someone like Bill Parcells. You can name 10, 12, 15 people who were on his coaching staff who ended up becoming head coaches themselves with varying levels of success. Same thing with mm-hmm. Bill Belichick of the of the, yep. New, of the New England Patriots. A bunch of his people have gone on to head coaching jobs and have experienced certain levels of success. But sometimes Absolutely. you just that that's a great resume builder too. It's mm-hmm. like you know I, I've I've 
built up and developed these 10 or 12 or 15 people who have gone on to other very similar positions. I mean, I would think that managers would want to create that legacy because it reflects well on them. Absolutely. Most people don't play it out in their mind again, though, Brian. They don't think long-term. I train my people, think long-term on everything you do. Exactly. Is it that they're thinking that they don't want someone to become so good that they steal their job? It's insecurity. That's what you're talking about. Is if I make this guy look too good, then he's going to get my job. No, that's usually – no. That rarely ever happens. The only time you're, somebody's going to get your job if you're not doing it well. Yeah. If you're training other people and you're leading and your numbers are where they should be, you're not going to become a district manager if your numbers aren't where they should be anyway. I mean there's a lot more right. to it than just grooming your people. You've got to be the whole ball of wax, so to speak. You've got to be all-inclusive with all the things that need to happen for you to be successful as a manager in all aspects of the business. Absolutely. So let's talk about one of the early big points that you make in your book. And you talk about um, reconnaissance. I know you love military history. And so, of course, that's a huge word in in the military uh, in terms of military history and and battles and fighting battles. What exactly is reconnaissance as it relates to building a team and building a business? That's a good question. In the military, they call it recon. And what they do basically is they send out spies, if you will, to see what's going on around their encampment. Okay, where's the enemy? I need to know where they are. I need to know what their strength is. I need to know where their weaknesses are. Where can we probe and where can we attack them at the greatest advantage? You know, Sun Tzu wrote The uh, Art of War. And uh, one of the things he said in there, in essence, is I will always beat my enemy if I know what my enemy knows as well as what I know. Mm-hmm. And the recon, basically, why I chose that word, reconnaissance, is because as, as uh, uh, Jim Collins said in his book, Good to Great, he talks about having the right people on your bus. And I like that analogy. It's a good analogy because you are a mm-hmm. team. And you know, you think the sports teams are riding on a bus together, that kind of thing. So you got to make sure you have the right players. But the thing is, they all have to have the right attitude. Uh, you're only as good as your weakest link, as they say. If you have a great bunch of people and then you have a couple of duds, you're going to have problems. One thing that they, they talk about in the Gallup organization, of course, they do tons of surveys. And here's one of the things that they, they talk about is the difference between an average U.S. company and the world-class company. And if people go to my, uh, my website for my book, it's top10manager.com, and if you go up to the top, it says resources. If you click that link, you'll see a poster that shows what I'm about to describe to you. There's a picture of 10 Clydesdales pulling one jackass sitting down. Mm-hmm. And then there's a – that's the average world-class company. In other words, there's 10 engaged employees for every one that is disengaged or worse, actively disengaged, which means they're trying to undermine, destroy everything you're trying to do. That's the world-class 10-to-1 ratio. In the average U.S. company, however, it's a 2-to-1 ratio. So you've got two Clydesdales, two engaged employees pulling that one you know, donkey or jackass or whatever. They're sitting down dragging their feet. Now think about this, Brian. If you've got 10 Clydesdales, it's going to be pretty easy for them to pull that one week employee. But if you've got two trying to pull one, they're going to struggle and eventually they're going to wear out and collapse. Exactly. And we will be right back after the break. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. We'll be right back on the other side. See you in a minute.
mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Energy Saving Solutions' innovative double green plan enables you to switch to energy-efficient LEDs and other modern lighting with no upfront cost. Modern LEDs are far more efficient than other types of lighting, but for many businesses, schools, and nonprofit organizations, the reason for sticking with the old inefficient lighting is the cost of replacing them. While an old-fashioned incandescent bulb may cost a dollar, LED costs $30 or more, and that's why Energy Saving Solutions has designed our double green plan. Double green allows you to convert to LEDs with no out-of-pocket cost. We'll pay for your new lights, and you'll pay us back with a percentage of your savings. From the very first day that your new LEDs are lighting your life, you'll realize a positive cash flow, and you'll be doing something positive for our environment. For a free cost and energy savings analysis, call Joshua May at 888-620-8133, extension 7082, or visit us online at www.energysavingindustry.com. Radio. My very special guest this week is David Long, and he's written a book called Built to Lead, and it's about how to build a top 10 management team in your company. And we were talking before the break about disengaged employees. Why do you think employees are disengaged, and what can we do about that, David? Well, as we talked about, the, the managers really are not showing their people that they matter to them. And here's a great statistic from the Gallup organization. They said that 65% of employees when surveyed uh, said that they had received absolutely no recognition from their manager in the last year. And that is a pretty pathetic statistic, really, if you want to know yeah. the truth. But you could say, Brian, you could say, well, not everybody's that, you know, not every, some of those people got it and they didn't count that as recognition. But you know what? It doesn't really matter that the manager feels like they did it. It only matters from the employee's perception of whether they were recognized or not. And apparently, 65% of them said they were not. Absolutely. And wouldn't you certainly want to let your superstars know that you appreciate them? I mean, wouldn't that be something that you would intuit would be a good idea? Yeah. Can I tell you another statistic Gallup said in sure. the same survey? 47% yeah. of your top performers, Brian, are looking to leave you right now. And one of the reasons 
One of the reasons these companies out there with the 47% are looking to leave is because they're not getting the recognition that they crave. And I tell my employees, and we have roughly 45 employees now, I tell them we offer significance. That's all. You know, our, our company, our company, our client companies, we have over 12,000 active clients in the U.S. and Canada. And we've got some of the largest retailers in the country, shipping companies, retirement communities, that kind of thing, uh, that basically they rely on us to show significance. We help their managers show significance to their people, and we track them and help them stay up to date on their programs. And that, of course, is huge. Right. Absolutely. So let's go to the next subject, which I personally am very happy to talk about because you talk about it in your book. Uh, your company actually has a book club where you get your employees together once a week and you read a book together and discuss it. I was in a company once that did this, but they only did it for one book, and then they didn't do it anymore. If they thought this one book was important enough to do it with, and they decided not to continue it. Tell us yeah. how you got that going. Did you meet resistance? How successful has that program been? How do you recommend we implement a book reading club in our business? Yes, I actually uh, I'm a, I'm an avid reader. I read. I started out reading about a half hour a day. I read three hours or more a day now. And one of the books I read was from Dr. Tony Zeiss, and it's Twelve Laws of Becoming Indispensable. And uh, he's actually Tony's the president of Central Piedmont Community College in Charlotte. It's a college network. Matter of fact, it's the largest community college network in the country. So Tony's he's not a lightweight. He knows what he's doing. He's a very sharp individual. I'm proud to call him a friend and a mentor. He's a great man. Well, anyway, I read that book, and I, and I said, wow, this is a great book. I need to show this to my employees. So what I did was I called – I ordered 12 copies. That's how many employees I had at the time. And I ordered 12 copies, and I called them in for a meeting, and I said, guys, here's your copy of this book, 12 Laws. And I said, I want you to read the first chapter by next Wednesday, and uh, I'm going to order pizza. And we're all going to sit around here on the, in the uh, kitchen. We're going to eat our pizza, and we're going to talk about the first chapter, and the first chapter is on attitude. So I passed out notebooks and highlighters, and I remember when I told them they were going to be doing that, uh, everybody looked at me like – you know, it was like deer in the headlights. I mean it was crickets. Nobody said anything in there, and uh, I said, guys, I said, you understand what I want? They said, yeah. So immediately after the meeting, I had, I had two of my salespeople come to me and say, Dave, we're actually uncomfortable talking in front of other people. I'm going like – you're part of our team. It's just it's not you're not doing public speaking. We're just conversing and talking about what we each got out of the chapter. And I said, No, you cannot get out of it. You've got to be in there. It's gonna make you know, when you stretch, you grow. So I said, We're gonna you're gonna become a better person because of this. So they that was the end of it. In the first meeting we did and we read the first chapter on attitude and it really started slow, Brian. I'm not gonna kid you, but then I took the bull by the horns and I said, All right, let me tell you a couple of times about when my attitude hurt me. And then I started talking about when I had lost my job and everything, and my attitude was gone. It went down dramatically, and it was one of the major factors in my downfall, one of the truth. So I told them that, and I told them my story, and I had several of my employees, Dave, I never knew you went through all that. Because see what I was doing is I was letting them know I'm human, and I'm letting them know I make mistakes. So they were feeling free to talk about their mistakes. So from that, we've been doing that now. I think we're about to go into our 10th year. And we've read uh, a significant amount of books, but we don't just do books. I know I call it book club, but we also buy DVDs. Uh, we did uh, Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University. I want wow. my people to be well-rounded. 
I want them, and I spent $300 to get that program. At the time, they only sold it to churches, but it was a great program. So my people went through that. I want my people to be effective because think about this, Brian. If they're not well-rounded, let's say they're great employees, but they're a lousy spouse, then that's going to affect them at work. That's going to yeah. affect them. They're going to get aggravated and talk harsh to our clients, their other employees, various things like that. So I want my people to be well-rounded. So that's why we do all kinds of things. We just finished another finance, personal finance book before we started. Actually, we're doing Tony Zeiss's book again because we've added so many employees that they had not read that. And I said, we're going to do that again. So I ordered sure. a whole bunch of new copies, and we're doing it all over again. Wow. What a great idea. So <laughs> I love the fact that you also did Dave Ramsey's course because that, that goes above and beyond just how can I do my job better. It's about – Mm-hmm. being good stewards of, of your finances and everything. I mean, Absolutely. my goodness, that's, that's we, fantastic. We actually, the one we read before the finance book was Dale Carnegie's book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. And mm-hmm. Brian, I had two of my employees come to me privately and say, Dave, that book saved my marriage. Oh. And you know what? You can say what you want to say about making money and everything. And I, I've been extremely blessed. I'm in the evil 1%, if you want to call it that, uh, you know, which they always get uh, you know, uh, stated as being. But that's not the case. Uh, I'm, I'm quite successful, well-blessed. I have no debt. I can do like Dave Ramsey says. I'm debt-free. You know, got a deal. I, I own millions of dollars in property. You know, I own hundreds of thousands, if not million dollars worth of equipment in our company. 16 acres of commercial property, farmland, three houses. You know, my wife and I have Harley Davidson motorcycles, and you know, we have a motor coach, and we 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 rode cross country in 05, ocean to ocean on the Harleys. You know, so I yeah. mean, I, I I live, and I want my employees to live greater lives than they ever would if they had not met me. Yeah, that's really fantastic. I I love this idea, and anyone out there who has a company or is a manager, I hope you take this idea to heart and and try it and. If anyone wants to talk to you about how to properly implement this, I'm sure you'd be open to doing that. I mean, first of all, get the Absolutely. book because you describe yeah. it in detail there. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, the book is going to be – it's actually you can pre-order it on Amazon now. Just Built to Lead and David Long, and it will pop up. Uh, they haven't finished populating the pages yet, but you can still pre-order it. But, yeah, that's uh, – you know, I, I believe that you can – you are only as good as your people. And that's why I build my people, as Zig Ziglar said, you know, build your people and let your people build a company. And you know, we are in the top one percent of employee recognition and engagement companies in the U.S. and Canada. And it is because of my people. It is not because of me. Today right. I only oh, yeah. work. Today, Brian, I only I don't work in the company. I only work on it. I, I have the helicopter. I look at every aspect of the company. Right. Because if you're working in the company, you basically have bought yourself a job. Correct. And I have people to do that. So uh, if anybody wants to be able – of course, they read the book. Obviously, there's a lot of – that's going to answer most of their questions right there. Uh, but you also can reach me at davidlong at top10manager.com, and uh, that's top, T-O-P, and the number 10, and then manager.com. So I'm always available. I, I, I don't have a problem with answering people's questions. Uh, obviously, I'd prefer if they read the book and didn't ask me questions during the book. That would be sure. helpful. But yeah, I, I definitely – I am an ambassador for management uh, by the way I do it, and I've got 35 years of experience, and my book is my mistakes, my bloody nose, uh, my skin shins. You know, I've lost good people. I did not always do the right thing, and I try to make sure I do the right thing now, and I enforce that my managers do the same thing. 
Yeah, absolutely. Let's move on to a different subject that you talk about in your book. It's about the value of masterminding. And this is a subject that has come up several times uh, on my show. And I love hearing different people's experiences with how that has helped their lives and their careers. So tell us about what a mastermind is and how you use it to build your company and help people in your community. Sure, sure. Napoleon Hill wrote in 1937, he wrote, Think and Grow Rich. And it's one of the principles in the book. And matter of fact, it's in my mind, it's the number one principle. The power of the mastermind is when you get people in a group that have the same mission, the same goal, and you want to discuss that. In my, I have a mastermind group here in, in Wilmington. And you, to be in it, and we only have six uh, CEOs, entrepreneurs in our group. And to be in it, you have to have a million dollars a year in business. That's the bare minimum. Uh, most people are doing more than that, but that's the bare minimum. And um, <clears throat> so if you're going to be in there, you need to be able to have a group of people, like I said, who are like-minded. So it doesn't do you any good if you're a huge multi-million dollar corporation and you have a, a plumber in there with you or you know, a uh, a store manager who is just doing a little bit or that kind of thing. So it has to be like-minded people who are have the same goals and have the same desire, which is huge, because we will buy books and talk about various books that we read and things that we're all learning together. And if one person doesn't know what we're talking about, they're, they're a waste of space being in the room. And one of the things I do, it's it's not it's not an option. You have to be you're allowed to miss a meeting every once in a while, but you have to be there. If you're not there, you get replaced because we are all there to benefit each other. So occasionally in masterminds, you'll get somebody who will show up who wants to get their questions answered and they leave. We've been pretty fortunate with that. We've only had, I think, one person do that to us. Uh, but I'm, I'm talk about the mastermind groups. I've been in several high-level ones. Uh, Joe Polish's 25K group. In Phoenix is the highest level one I've been in. Obviously, the 25, 25K kind of gives it away. That's 25000 a year to be part of that. I was yeah. also in Darren Hardy's. His uh, his is roughly $10,000, which was the high-performance forum. Darren is the publisher of Success Magazine. They had over 3,000 applicants for that, and I was chosen as one of the top 24 to be in the inaugural group. And that's some high-level people right there too. These guys are all running multi-million-dollar companies. And that yep. was very, very impressive. And both of those groups, just very impressive people. That's great. You, and you we know, are coming up against is... our okay, – we're coming down on our final break. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. Business and action plans. 
Uh, Adam is my COO. We'll talk about him in a little while. He's been with mm-hmm. me 17 years. He's my right arm. And uh, I would say to Adam, I'd say, Adam, God forbid something happens to you, but if something happened to you, who would you say would be your heir? In other words, who would take over your position? And he would tell me who that would be. And I'd say, Adam, what are you doing to develop that person? And he has to be able to tell me exactly what he's doing because I want that person to be developed above all others just in case something happens. You don't want to miss a beat. If you have to regroup and then retrain various people in a new position, then you lose momentum. I want people to be able to step right in the role and run with it. And that does not happen, Brian, unless there's some planning done. Right. So it's always, always work with your people. And when they know you care about them and you really want to help them in their career, buddy, they stick with you. You know, people don't leave. They don't leave companies. They leave bosses. Yeah. I, like, I agree with that. I don't know who said it, but I agree with it. So, you know, in talking about Adam, he's a prime example. I had a – Adam was my production. First of all, he came in as a part-timer at 17 years old. And he's half, half of his life's been with me. So he came in as a part-timer working with us in busy season. And uh, he was back there. And, and here's one of the things that I tell my people and everybody really is the greatest ability is dependability. And that's what Adam was to me. He would always do the things that needed to be done. Did not have to ask him twice. It would get done. So mm-hmm. we actually had – I had a manager who – the production manager uh, who actually his wife worked at a doctor's office – and to make a long story short, when this guy got married, his life went in the toilet. He was a pretty good employee until he got married, but then he and his wife could not outspend each other. And ended up running up thirty some thousand dollars worth of credit card bills. I didn't know there was a problem until he came into my office one day and said, "David, help me. They're coming to repossess my truck." I'm going like, "What the heck are you talking about? I pay you really well. You know why are you why are you not paying your bills?" So then he told me the story. They, he, his, he bought sports memorabilia, and his wife collected Barbie dolls, and they spent thousands and thousands of dollars on that. Well, make a long story short, I ended up having to fire the guy, and uh, it was right before we went into busy season. And I had three or four employees in production, but I, I basically I assessed what their strengths and weaknesses were, and I'm going, great day. Adam was in his second year of college. And I pulled him in my office. I said, Adam, here's the situation. So I'm talking to you because you're the most dependable employee that I have. And I said, here's the situation is I need somebody to be a production manager. Now, you have two choices is I can you can uh, pardon me. You can continue to go to school and I can hire somebody. You can train them, Adam, and then they will be your boss. Or if you can work 30 hours a week while you're going to school. You can be the production manager. What do you want to do? He says, I want the production manager. So he took it, and he did a phenomenal job. And as the company grew from – at that time, I think we were doing about seven or 800000 a year. Now we're doing over $8 million and projecting $10 million this year. Uh, as, we, you know, as we grew to the complexity of where we needed a COO, he was my logical choice. I also – just so you know, I've invested – a little great day – well over 100000 in his education. Matter of fact, I'm paying for his MBA right now. He's going out to uh, the Walton Business School out in Arkansas, the University of Arkansas, but it's the Walton Business School, which is an up-and-coming, rapidly uh, accelerating business school, which has a phenomenal reputation already. So I'm paying for all of that for him because he, like I said, is my right arm, and I, I have he's my he's the company's future. Right. Wow, that is phenomenal. Not too many people <laughs> will do that. In fact, I, I had a, a, a an owner. 
for a company that I worked with once whose dad was a realtor. And I had mentioned a, a desire to buy my first home someday. And he says, well, let me hook you up with my dad. And <laughs> by the way, I'll loan you. He says, you don't have to work with my dad just because he's my dad. But let me have you talk to him. And I really liked him. So I worked with him. And then my boss decided to loan me the down payment for the house because I didn't have it. Now, there were stipulations. He says, I'm deducting $150 a week out of your check for the next four sure. months. And if you leave, <laughs> yeah. I'm signing a contract. You're signing a contract with me that says it's due immediately right. upon you leaving. So he covered right. his back end on he that did. way. But Absolutely. It was so amazing because I – not to say that he bought my loyalty, but he really earned my loyalty for a good long time. I ended up leaving that company about three or four years later. Huh? But, um, boy, that was that was impressive to me. And it sounds can I, like can he, I ask you a question, Brian, about that? Yes. How yes. old were you then? I was – let me think about this for a second. I was <laughs> 33. Okay. And here you are talking all these years later. Yes. That's impressive. Yes. All these years later, I still remember this guy for that reason. Absolutely. So that says a lot, doesn't it? And I've helped my Absolutely. employees as well. Uh, I actually did exactly what you said, and uh, I, I put I did a lease purchase with one of my employees to help him get in his first house, and uh, he had an opportunity to go into his field. Uh, he worked. He had an opportunity to go work at NCR, and he left me to go do that. And that was well. I always want my people to go on uh, to do and truly do what they're meant to do because you know 85 percent of people out there, according to statistics. Are not doing anything degree related within five years, so that was his degree. So I understood him going, and I had I did not uh, begrudge him. And after I helped him with the, you know, get him in a house and all that, I, I did basically what you did. So your boss did, and and, and I I care enough about my people to do that, and I, I encourage them. I sit down with them, and, and they talk about what their goals are, and I I encourage them to come sit with me as they're getting ready to get married and various things like that. And I'm I, you know I want them to go through. Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University, if they haven't already, because it helps people get off on the right foot. You know, because if you if one person's a spender and one person's a saver, that's not going to last. No, so that you, you won't do last what you long. can do to support your people and help them in all areas of their life. Yeah, we've got about maybe four or five minutes left in the show. Okay. Um, the question I was going to ask, I'm going to forget and ask you <laughs> something else instead. We talked about the art of duplication a little bit earlier. How do you develop promotable employees in your company? How do you identify someone that is promotable? I'll tell you what. The best platform is Book Club for me. I mean, Book Club is multifaceted. When you're in Book Club and you are talking, some people just step forward, and you can see the leadership coming out of them. I mean, they exude it. And uh, it's just – it's easy to find out. And I tell them, guys – if you're interested in learning about this, come to me, and I'll give you some resources that you can study, not on my time, by, by the way, Brian, on your own time. And I'll give you a prime example of how that works. Devin, who is one of our, was one of our production workers for many years, and he said, Dave, I really love doing graphics. I said, well, Devin, I need some, some graphics work done. I said, I'll tell you what. If you wanna, I've got some graphics courses if you want to learn these things and expand on your skill. And I said that uh, you know if we get to the place where we need a full-time graphic guy, you'll be our guy. So he said, sure, I'd love to. So I gave him some courses and various things to do. And today, as of January of this year, he's living his dream, making more money he's ever made, even with us, because he is now a full-time graphic guru. <laughs> so he's wow. living it. That's fantastic. So as we are getting ready to wrap up, David, I want to ask you the question that I ask everybody on the show. Who inspires and motivates you? 
I try to make it reciprocal. My people and myself, we play off each other's enthusiasm, drive, uh, charisma, if you will, the team aspect, and that is what drives me. I like to see my people grow and become something that they have never been. Someone once said that a true leader will take their people to places they've never been and would never go on their own. Mm. And I live by that. That is really awesome. So, David, <laughs> one more time, how can we pre-order your book, and yes. where can we link up with you? Yeah, absolutely. You can go to Amazon.com and order the book. It's uh, Built to Lead, and I'm, my name, obviously, is David Long. And you can reach me at davidlong at top10manager.com. Top10manager.com, great. Any final thoughts as we close out the show, David? No, I just, you know, always don't, if you really are, want to be successful in life, help other people get what they want, and you will once again get yours by default. That's great. And we're going to wrap up the show. This has been Success Profiles Radio. I thank David Long for being my very special guest this week. His book is called Built to Lead, Seven Management Rewards Principles for Becoming a Top 10% Manager. You can pre-order that on Amazon. It'll be coming out in just a couple of weeks. And once again, my name is Brian K. Wright. You can link up with me. You can find me on Facebook. Look up Success Profiles Radio and like my page. You can also subscribe and download uh, to Success Profiles Radio on iTunes for free anytime you want and uh, leave a review. It will really help the rankings of the show. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern to talk to another fantastic, uh, successful guest and learn their secrets and learn about their journey. Thank you for joining us. See you next week. Take care, everyone. Profiles Radio with your host Brian K. Wright here on the Rockstar Radio Network.